0: If you're looking for some straight up marketing advice that's super chilled and also a bit of a laugh, then grab yourself a drink and get ready for Marketing and Margaritas, a podcast that makes marketing entertaining. Brought to you by Rebel Nation, direct from regional Queensland.
1: Hello, and welcome to Marketing and Margaritas. You're with Jade and Alana. And today, for episode 11, we're talking about marketing mythbusters. I'm so excited for this episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Brace yourselves, people. Okay. So, myth number one.
0: Website is live. All done. Yeah. Like, you switched your website live and now you never need to worry about it. That's how that works, right? Never,
1: ever. For, like, 20 years.
0: Yeah. Perfect. No. No, so big myth there. The truth is, is that your website is alive. It's Um,
1: alive.
0: (laughs) Yes, exactly, that's exactly how (laughs) it works. We hit publish and then we all sit around going, it's alive. Yeah, Yeah, The Office is pretty much a Frankenstein movie every second day. Um, So your website is alive and you need to keep working on it. So whether that is you doing your own updates, um, you know, it doesn't mean that you necessarily have to be paying your developer to keep working on it. But it can be stuff that you can do yourself in your business. Um, But you need to keep working on it as in uploading fresh, new, relevant content consistently. Um, And this is good for both your SEO. So that's for getting found. That's your searchability. That's when people are searching for you on. Well, sorry searching for what you do on Google etc so that you can potentially be showing up. Yeah. Um, and it's also good for user experience. Yes. So you know going to someone's website and seeing that they are posting a new blog each week. Or if they've, um, you know, if I've gone to their website and a few months later I visited again and the homepage has a different promotion or something or a couple of the banners changed out, yeah, it just keeps it fresh, new, interesting looking. It gives me more um, content to go through Mm -hmm. and it um, shows me as well that what I'm reading is current because I think we've all been there where you go to a website and there will be like the last, if someone's got a blog on there and the last blog they've done is from 2017... You, you're going to think that the whole website's out of date. And, like, honestly, it could just be that you got too busy to keep blogging. Like, yeah. it happens. But when you do stuff like that, it makes it look like the rest of the information is out of date as well. So
1: a couple of things that you can be updating on your website, and we've talked about this in past podcasts,
0: is updating your
1: services because your business is always changing. Those homepage refreshes that Jade just talked about, um, keeping your blogs happening and stuff like that.
0: Staff pages. So if you've got profiles yes. about us, that type of thing, um, that's another thing. You know, when you talk about your business changing is when something changes out in the real world. Is updating your website to reflect that as well absolutely
1: now depending on your platform your time or your
0: capabilities
1: would depend on if you do this yourself or if you need to go back to your developer to do it if you're going back to your developer um there's still a lot you need to do in this you don't just go hey update my website you need to give them instructions so um, putting together what visual elements might need being updated so photos and that kind of thing and writing new copy um so you can supply that and give them detailed instructions yeah. so
0: the more you do the less it would cost you if it is out of your capability to be doing some of those changes sort of thing so if you're like oh we've got a new team team member Here's their profile. Yeah. and just their need your update. I mean, hopefully you'd have a website where you can add a new team member, but some people have a really whacked out website. So, but yeah, so yeah, big myth is that if you've done your website, that it's just completed and sorted, your website is never completed. It is just a, a living part of your business that you want to be maintaining, keep going. And, you know, I think for, especially from that SEO perspective, there is new content being uploaded to the internet. Every single millisecond. <laughs> so if, even if you do rank highly on Google, you, if you don't do anything to your website, you're not going to stay there. Yeah. You you need to keep working at it. Um, it's like pretty much everything else in business. You know, it's not like once you get something right that you never have to worry about it again. Like, yep, got that cash buffer sorted. Never have to worry about money again. Like these things need your attention, your time. You need to be continually maintaining and, and giving Um, time to it. So what would you recommend as a good protocol for checking on or reviewing your website? It kind of depends on the business and stuff, to be honest. Like, you know, you take us and we um, upload a, a podcast or a blog once a week. Um, So, we're updating content that way and we try and get new team members up there pretty quickly. Um, However, like I haven't done a review of our website since we first launched it, like a proper one. It's been on my to-do list, but I haven't got to it. And that was two and a half years ago. So, my plan moving forward is to do it annually. Yeah. Um, And actually, this week is the week that it's on my to-do list.
1: And we're going to be making some structural changes. So, we've reviewed what services we're doing in the business and how best that should be relayed on our website. So, and just resubmit structuring how pages sit how the menu sits so that is refreshing and updating as
0: well yeah a hundred percent. But yeah, so it, it, each business might be different. If you were like a massive construction company, then you might just have as part of your procedures that when you finish a job, mm-hmm. that's when you go through, create a case study, and upload it to to your, um, your site. And you might do just a skim through of the other pages and stuff to see how it is. You know, one of the things that I want to instigate with our annual review is that I'm going to also give our website, once we've made my changes and my updates, is to actually give it to two other. Other business friends of mine, yeah, so that they can then go through it from a customer perspective, mm-hmm. but someone who's not in the business who kind of knows a little bit but not as much as what we and so they can go through and give me that third person perspective of stuff that I have no doubt that I will completely miss.
1: Yes, absolutely. And it can be even if they just pick up I don't get what that image is or what that means. Like that might make total sense to you and in your industry but if people on the outside don't know.
0: Yeah. And same thing. It's like, I know that I've done it when reviewing client websites and stuff where I've gone to, you know, find some information and it's not there. And I've gone to them and they're like, Oh no, it's over here. And I'm like, well, that makes sense to you because you know how your industry works. But for me, if I go to the resources tab, I'm assuming all of the resources are going to be there. You might have that particular resource hidden in calculators or something as well, but there's no reason why you can't link to it from the resources tab yeah. and so on. So it's, yeah, looking at it from that outside perspective, I think that's an also, also a useful thing to do as part of that website review, whether it's annually, biannually, You know how you know you choose your frequency really when it comes to it for your business
1: yeah awesome and so we've got a little PS note on this one the cost of website so this is a funny one we get I found it really varies like some people come and they'll be like oh yep I need a new website this many pages yep 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 and they're like so what do you reckon that will be like ten thousand (laughs) dollars (laughs) Or uh, you'll get someone. Sure, if
0: you want every bell and whistle.
1: Yeah, or someone will come and be like, oh, $2,500, oh, that's, you know, for the same thing. So this is something that really varies in what people think something is going to cost. So I guess the point is to, when we sit down and do an initial website quote with a client, we really go through what they're going to need and what they're going to want um, and give them the options there. So it's definitely something worth talking to your developer about in the quoting process. And if you feel like it is rich, definitely quote around. Um, But the price is dependent on the bells and whistles. A website is not the same as designing a flyer or a capability statement. There's a lot more to it. There's a lot more background and functionality that needs to be put into it. So, yeah, I guess put yourself somewhere in the middle of that, depending on what your expectations are. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Some people think that a website is going to be an astronomical cost. Yes. And then other people think that our website you know, will just be like $500 sort of thing. I, I'm not, you know, there are probably people who do develop websites for $500 and, you know, there's that old adage if you get what you pay for. But honestly, sometimes like our costs, like, you know, we've um, been in tenders and stuff like that where our costs have been like half the price of others. And it's like it's because the way that the processes and stuff that we we do it, we found ways to make it really efficient and then because we're a time for money service – the less time that we spend, the less, less it money costs. it costs to actually make sort of things. So it, it is a case of having an idea of what you want and then and shopping around and getting a few quotes and stuff and getting someone who kind of understands your vision and everything too, and what you're trying to achieve. That's really important, I think. Um, but yes, cost of website is definitely, I think one of those ones where people will be like, so what do you think? Like, like, yeah, 10, $10,000 for this website. I'm like, Um, I'm thinking like four, but you know, (laughs) whatevs. (laughs) Yes.
1: So myth number two, I just rely on word of mouth. (laughs) That's the only marketing I need. Yeah, it does really well. I'm super busy.
0: Um, So yes, word of mouth is absolutely amazing. And word of mouth, in my opinion as well, like that face-to-face recommendation, all that kind of stuff is definitely, like, your richest source of marketing. If you have word of mouth working for you, then, yes, that's absolutely perfect. That's exactly what you want. Um, that's how, like, for example, that's how our business runs. Well,
1: it's free.
0: <laughs> we don't do paid advertising. We don't do paid things, etc. Our stuff runs off word of mouth. But word of mouth can be facilitated. Absolutely. So first thing I would recommend is if your business does primarily, if you don't do a lot of paid marketing, if you are running off word of mouth, go and have a Google of yourself because I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't really know anybody who gets a recommendation and goes, yep, that hundred percent sounds amazing. I'm just going to give them a call right now and look in. Most people will be like, Oh cool. I'll check them out. Facebook and then they'll go. Yep. Have a bit of a light stalk. So when you Google yourself, you wanna have a look at how you present online. Another thing that you can do to facilitate word of mouth is actually asking for reviews, testimonials, permissions to do case studies, that kind of thing. So, um, you know, it's one thing if you're gonna say, my business is so amazing, you should come see me. When someone of your clients, like when someone else says, oh my God, they were so amazing, They they did this, this and this for me, it was fantastic that third party recommendation has so much more power than you saying the same thing about yourself.
1: Absolutely. So I chose my dentist based on the fact that four people I know, just not one word of mouth, but four people I know use this dentist. Um, and in particular, one of um, my family members is quite sensitive um, to pain and she's had root canals and crowns mm. and all sorts of things and just absolutely loves this dentist and was like, it, like I didn't feel the needle and that kind of thing. So like that is her word of mouth review. But if you can get these people doing it on your website, emailing you or popping it on your Facebook, they're going to reach even more people than just little old me
0: yeah and so that's basically what we call social proofing so when other people are saying things about someone we're more inclined to believe it and like lani said you know it, whether it's a facebook review google review um asking people for testimonials so that you can put it on your website put it into your corporate profile put it into brochures yeah um you know there's so many all the different ways you know you might not think that you're marketing yourself but you'll definitely have marketing around your business even if it is set and forget stuff that you can be using those um, you know case studies etc on linkedin profiles are a great place to um, upload media to your profile and when i say media i mean like a link to particular case studies that you want to highlight and stuff so there really is so many different channels that you can be using that social proofing and facilitating word of mouth
1: Referrals and loyalty programs is another great one. So if one of these four people who referred me to my dentist, they happen to have my dentist as a referral program. If they were like, who, who recommended you, we'll give them 5% off their next appointment or a free clean. We'll give you the same thing. Like that kind of thing really creates loyalty in your current customer and also creates
0: an incentive for that new person to come along to you as well. Absolutely. Especially if it is a friend or family member who has um, recommended you. Like I know um, when I went to get IPL and a friend had recommended me and they're like, oh, who recommended you? And I was like, I thought it was just a marketing thing. And I was like, oh, you know, what, Sonia. And then she's like, "Oh well, you both now get ten dollars off a service, sort of thing." And I was like, "Oh, cool!" Like I was really keen to tell my mate then because I was like, "Look what I did for you!" Sort yeah, of thing. like it, it's nice to be able to pay it forward for someone giving you that um, good recommendation. Absolutely, not pay it forward, pay it back because they're the person who gave it to you. Never mind, I know what I'm talking about.
1: And like, like Jade's example right there, twenty dollars that you want are- not earning for your business you have just created two really happy clients mm-hmm. that will keep coming and will potentially continue to refer so if jade's like i want another free town box i'm gonna refer <laughs> someone else and make sure she gets her butt in there <laughs> um then that loop continues and straight up there your marketing is 20 dollars. like how affordable is that
0: yeah 100 percent. oh that's a really good way of looking at it i didn't think of it from that perspective yeah mm. all right
1: myth number three
0: blah blah
1: doesn't work or you have to have a blah blah these days we've all heard it we've got that know-it-all business friend or just general friends are friend you friend, that remember. know-it-all business friend <laughs> <laughs> um that's always like no nah, facebook
0: doesn't work radio do doesn't work oh my god i remember going to a networking thing one time and the guy's like what do you do?" And i said i'm in marketing he's like oh radio doesn't work i'm like all right Whoa. you know, Mr. Carpenter or whoever you were, like good to see that you're across how marketing functions.
1: Yeah. But you definitely have to have TikTok.
0: <laughs> you blow up on TikTok.
1: <laughs> well, these carpenters do really well there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they make the funny videos. Oh, right. Okay. I don't sure. think I've seen carpenter ones. So Whatever. you're off on your own tangent there. I hope you enjoyed it. Yep. Thank you. So the truth is when people are saying stuff like radio doesn't work, email marketing doesn't work, Facebook doesn't work, Sure, things don't work if you don't do it well or if it's not suited to the purpose that you're trying to achieve.
1: And look, you're not going to like strike gold the first time you do something. I'm guaranteed you didn't do it the first time you started off on your journey in your business.
0: Yeah, exactly. So if you were trying to do email marketing and you wanted to bring people along to an event and... You know, when you sent out your email, you didn't have an easy way to register or it was going out to a database of people who half of them lived out of town or, you know what I mean? Like there's so many variables. So whenever you're looking at a marketing channel, you want to look at number one, what you're trying to achieve. Number two, who you are trying to target and number three, the message that you want to get across to them. And that's how you judge whether their platform is going to work. So quite often we get people who come up me like, oh, so does Facebook really work? And it's like, well, yeah, if you do it well and you know what you want to say and the people who you want to talk to are there and you know, like there's other variables to consider when it comes to looking at different channels. And so if someone says, you know, blah, blah, doesn't work, it's like, well, chances are you, you didn't do it in the right way or for the right reasons.
1: And I find that when people feel like something didn't work, they haven't measured it properly. Like if you're saying my Facebook doesn't work, have you looked at your insights? Do you mm. know what you're looking at and what you're comparing it to? So if your reach, if you look from one month to another month that your reach, say last month was 500 and your reach has gone up to 1,000 your Facebook is doing well yeah. like you have grown for what
0: its purpose is too I think that's the thing people I remember one time this marketing person actually saying to me Facebook doesn't work for getting you customers and I'm like well maybe it doesn't work for you yeah like if you're if you're like oh I've been doing Facebook for like three months and I haven't got any sales out of it and it's like well first of all you need to grow an audience and stuff man like seriously think about you being on the other end of the page here if you're that customer watching content come out do you just see some random posts that you've done in five minutes that's like some stupid joke and you go man i'm gonna go out and buy from them today bye
1: bye bye and look when you start a business facebook page the guaranteed half of the followers are going to be your family and friends yeah
0: but that's important like it's like anything when starting a business the people who already know like and trust us yeah. i.e. our family and friends they're going to be our first customers they're our first people who recommend they're us. our ambassadors yeah exactly but then having you know i know we've started pages of people and they're like oh tell only my friends and family who are liking my post and i'm like good that's the first step because, because, because all they're interacting with yeah family we'll see it they're interacting with your content and that means that then they're potentially pushing it out to other people and you just got to give it a bit of time because remembering this is completely free. What you're doing so you can't really expect to get money back Mm. for nothing instantly like i just i think sometimes people's expectations are a little bit nuts and honestly we've started some pages sometimes that have just gone gangbusters from the start oh yeah some people just happen to hit that right message right tone right content everything straight out the gate and it's awesome and it's super fun but most of the time like lani said you've got to go and have a look at your results have a look at your analytics you know if you're each month you're growing in likes each month if you're growing in reach if you're getting more interaction then it's working yes. you're expanding your audience you're building your profile and then you know people aren't going to buy from you if you're not going to actually give them that opportunity so you need to be giving them good re- it's not just kind of like you know we're open from blah blah today like come on in it's like you know, promote a particular product of the week. How do I use it? What's the benefit? What, you know, like share with them that knowledge, like you would, if they were in, in store with you, Absolutely. if you're in a meeting with someone, if you are face to face with a customer, what are the things that you would say to them? Do that on your socials. Yes. Sorry. How did I make this all about socials?
1: No, that's okay. But something else I wanted to point out is if you feel like something's not working, are you actually asking every person that walks into your business or contacts you, how they heard of you or where they thought of you? And Like, yes, that is a valuable assets so you know where your marketing might be working but it's really funny um we had an interview a meeting with a client probably about a year and a half ago now and we were trying to get in their customers brain about how we would get them more clients and this was a vet and i said to jade i use this vet they are my vet and she's like how did you how did you decide that because generally i shop around for
0: products i get the best price i you know i do a bit of research before i invest in Barney is a very very savvy shopper (laughs) (laughs) not like just me where it's like oh this randomly looks good i shall purchase it
1: yeah so which was funny because i'm like oh i think i recognize the brand and i was like really thinking about it trying to work out how i did decide to go with this vet but it took me a little while to remember but when i really thought about it after a couple of weeks i was like no um, the breeder that i bought my sausage dog off actually did her vet checks with this vet and my puppy card from her, its vaccinations was already with them so I'm like I'll just go with them they're around the corner and that was what it come down to so my initial thought was like I recognize their brand like I've seen their marketing I don't remember where or what I just recognize them but in fact it was wrong so it's really interesting to actually ask your client and keep in mind it might not be the right answer yeah and I think if you're going
0: to ask people like how they heard about you or why they've come to you and that type of thing you know if you've got people who are clients who you actually do know, we have that opportunity to maybe ask those follow-up questions too. So, you know, we do it for clients, you know, as part of our service, but there's no reason why you can't do it for your own business is to contact your five favorite clients and be like, how did you first find out about us? Why do you keep coming back to us? Yes, You know, like that's really valuable um, marketing as well. So um so the second thing Lani was said um with the myth was that you have to have a blah blah these days. So for example, you know, people will be like oh you have to have Facebook, oh you have to have TikTok, you have to have a website, you have to have whatever it might be sort of thing. In my opinion, you don't have to have anything. The best thing that you can do for marketing your business is to have a think about what your goals are so are you trying to reach a new audience are you trying to sell more of product a or service b like what are your actual goals and then pick your marketing to suit that so for example if you were going to be wanting to say you're in property, for example, you might go, okay, um, I'm a young real estate agent, you know, fresh face, all that type of stuff, or whatever. I'm not going to spend my time on Facebook because some of my audience is there, but I think Instagram and TikTok if I actually, if I'm going to spend, you know, an hour a week on marketing, I'm going to spend it on those two platforms and doing them really well because that will give me a bigger return because I will attract people who want someone young and different and, and edgy or whatever it might be. Absolutely. Um, Emily you had a good example of this with a friend of yours as well. You said about them wanting to get a website and you were like, mm-mm.
1: Yeah, so a girlfriend is starting a business and she's – she doesn't know what to do right now. And she's got so many different people in her life saying, you need this or you should do this. And different expectations of what a traditional business should look like. Now she's starting on Facebook and I'm like, you can absolutely start to do this better. And I've given her some tips and tricks on how to do that, but there's no reason that she doesn't, can't just stay there. So she was wondering whether to do a website or not. And I'm like, website's going to cost this amount for your outlay. What is it actually going to benefit from you? you can sell your products on Facebook. You've got your e-commerce stuff set up because she does um, stalls and markets and other types of um, trade opportunities. So she can do all of that just through uh, Facebook and really push and grow her audience there. And look, if in a year's time she's going gangbusters, she needs a premises for her business, she needs a website to actually automate all her sales, then that is fantastic. But in the meantime, overextending her business and her time to do something that will probably end up slightly mediocre is not going to be the best outcome for her. So I've said, don't do that. Focus on one thing
0: and do it well. Yeah. And and yeah, and that's it. So if someone says to you, Oh, you have to have this, you have to have that. You know, the amount of times we have clients come and saying, Oh, I know I should be doing Facebook. And I'm always like, Whoa, no. What are you actually trying to achieve? Use your audience, that type of thing. Like bring it back to the basics. That's how you figure out what marketing you should be doing. The marketing you should be doing is the marketing that is right for you, your business, your customers. And on that too, it is important though to have multiple touch points. So when we say like do something and do it well, We don't recommend just having like a Facebook page. Like Lani's friend, she had the Facebook page, but then she was also going to markets and stores and doing that in-person stuff. And she's got an Instagram. So she's got two different platforms with slightly
1: different audiences, but she's also putting herself out there in other places and using a lot of word of mouth repeat business.
0: Yeah, so she's using multiple touch points to reach our customers. And if you haven't heard of it before, that's what's known as like a customer journey or a sales funnel, marketing funnel, whatever it might be. There's a certain process that custom our customers go through to work with us. So first of all is that they need to be aware of us. They need to know that we exist. So that's where having multiple touch points. And when, Sorry, when I say multiple touch points, I mean having multiple different marketing activities yep. happening gives them more of an opportunity to hear about you and be aware of you. Next is that they will consider you. So if you have something that sounds of interest to them, then they might click on your ad and go and have a look at your product or your website or your service or They might go and have a look at your Facebook page and see the reviews and flick through your photos to see examples of your products or whatever it might be. Um, So that's when they're considering you. Next is when they convert. So that's when they actually become a customer of yours. They purchase something through you, whether that's, you know, your product, your service, whatever it is, they actually exchange, you know, they give you, they do business with you. Yes. Then it's repeat. So if you have someone who comes to you once And then they don't come back. You've lost them in that customer journey. The next step that you're trying to aim for is repeat business. And this is why marketing isn't just about advertising. Marketing goes through the length and breadth of your business.
1: Absolutely.
0: So having someone come to you and go, this was great. I'm going to keep coming back. That is the next step. And then the last step is when they go, this is great. I'm going to keep coming back and I'm going to tell other people as well. When they become an advocate for your business, that's the pinnacle of the customer journey. That's what we're trying to achieve. We want to let people know about us. We want to attract them. We want to give them compelling reasons on why they should be working with us. We want them to then actually work with us and we want them to have a great experience that they keep coming back for. And then they tell other people about so when you consider what marketing you're doing, that's that's the journey to be that's the journey to be thinking about. What marketing is going to help you facilitate that journey? If that's not a Facebook page, if that's not a website, if that's not a radio ad, don't do it just because you think you have to. That's honestly the worst reason to spend money on something.
1: Absolutely. And the age old thing is, it costs you a lot more to attract new clients than it does to continue to retain. Current repeat clients or make that person an advocate. So, we described a couple of activities like the loyalty card and reviews and that kind of thing that will just um, help keep someone at that repeat and that advocate level. And they are going to be uh, worth a lot more to you than a new client might be. But keeping in mind, like that customer journey, just to be aware. And in my um, example of the vet, I was aware of this vet and I think that just literally came down to me using them was because of my awareness. So that was a big part of their marketing attraction to me. Like they didn't know it. There's touch points where um, I can actually see and I know and I recognize who that business is. They might have been around for years and years and their marketing has been subtly penetrating me. Mm. Until I got a dog, I wasn't going to be a customer. Hmm. so like it yes. takes that time it takes that conversion
0: and that's where branding comes into it like that's why we say branding awareness is important like yes sales are 100 percent important but you do not get a sale if someone doesn't know you exist Exactly, that's what branding awareness is if i can have a look at something and if, even if i don't potentially see the business name if i can look at something and go oh that's going to be blah blah then that kind of recognition that's gold that's Absolutely. what you want
1: Cool beans. So our last myth, last myth for you today is sex
0: sells. (laughs) So sex sells is something that we hear a lot about, um, in marketing. You know, people say, Oh, you need to make it more sexy or, you know, this needs to be more exciting or, and I, and I get it when you do something day in and day out, You think it's really humdrum and normal. Yeah. And so to you, you want to spice things up and you want to make it different. And, you know, obviously we want everything to be creative and interesting. Like we don't want to be boring as bad shit. That's not how you do good marketing. But the best kind of marketing is when you're genuine and authentic and on brand. Yeah. That's when you are not only selling what you do like so that it's actually real like it's not just putting putting a flourish onto it sort of thing like you're not being gimmicky sorry that's where i was going to it you're not being gimmicky you're being genuine to your brand but then you're also selling it to the right people you know like if you put on a whole big facade to get your name out there and make a big splash and then you know the kind of clients that you attract from that don't actually suit your business because that's not who you are. You know, the amount of times that I've seen a campaign um, for someone and it's just, it's really fun and it's really creative and it's really interesting and it's just really not them. Yeah. And so then when I go and do business with them, it just doesn't match up or it's you're not attracting the right kind of people. It's like when people do stupid Facebook competitions that are so generic. Yeah. Where they're like, Um, if people sign up, then we'll give you, um, Kmart vouchers. Sorry, I keep using Kmart. I love Kmart so much, (laughs) but like, you know what I mean? Like if your, if your client is someone who would be a Kmart shopper, that's fantastic. But if you were trying to, you know, attract electricians or whatever, don't do Kmart vouchers for your Facebook competition. Do like a, I don't know, what electric, like Bunnings voucher or something. You know what I mean? Like, Don't be generic, don't splay things open to just try and get numbers. Think about it. Think about what your audience are interested in. And it might be, oh bunnings, oh, that's kind of boring or whatever. But if that's what they're into, yeah, do that. You know what I mean? And it's it's like anything, I think, that we we see someone else doing something, and we're like, like we've got you know a couple of different clients who when they see their competitors out there, they're five minutes later, they're on the phone. They're like, Oh my God, we're getting spammed with um, ads from, you know, blah, blah. Is that what we should be doing? And I'm like, well, do, do you appreciate it? Like, do you think that being spammed is, is a good thing? No. How about you're achieving amazing results and we just keep sticking to this strategy that we've already got for you. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like don't fall for trends. Don't follow what others are doing. Do what is right for you And do what is right for your customers that you want to work with, that you want to attract. Because maybe they don't want something sexy. Maybe they want, you know, if I'm looking for a carpenter, maybe I just want someone who's reliable and cleans up after themselves. And that might sound really boring, but that's all I want from a carpenter. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's going to create good word of mouth, which we've already covered.
0: Yes. hundred percent.
1: Awesome. So don't fall for trends. Don't worry what other people are doing. Do what you do best and do it well. You do you, boo. You do you, boo. (laughs) Anyway, so we hope you got something good out of our myth-busting episode 11. Thank you so much for joining us for Marketing and Margaritas today. Cheers!
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Marketing and Margaritas. Find more free marketing tips, tricks and laughs at rebelnation.com.au.